Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Good morning, church. So by a show of hands, uh, how many of you just love or have loved over the course of your life, you love fair rides? Well, good for you. Because <laughs> I don't. Uh, I think I've told you this story before, but just indulge me again because I'm telling you for a, a different purpose. So back when I was about 12 years old, I had grown up driving by the Midway in Fort Wayne many, many times, wishing I was going to be old enough and, and tall enough to go to the Midway and ride all the rides. It was like the equivalent of going to the Bluffton Street Fair and being too young to be able to ride the big rides. And so I was ready by the time I got tw- to, to be 12. I was so geeked up. I was able to go with some family friends, um, some friends of mine and some second cousins. And, but they were the cool kids because they were the ones who were driving. I was 12. And so I was excited. But as you know, you had to keep it cool. You had to like stay cool about it. Like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, I've been to the Midway, even though I hadn't. Um, so I was so excited. We, we get in the car, we drive up to, to the Midway, and we get there, and me and my second cousins, we decided the first ride we would ride, because there's so many options, we would ride the, the ride that looks like the UFO. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The spaceship-looking thing. So we got in, and uh, those of you who've been on that, um, once it starts, what happens? You get, you get, yeah, you get like stuck to the wall. Like I couldn't move and all of this, like it's all spinning a bunch or at least that's what it seemed like. I really don't still know what happened. Um, and so that happened. I got off of the ride and I was feeling woozy. It didn't hit me until I got out of that, that ride and I was just walking around like, I, but I had to keep it cool. Like, oh, man, this, oh, that, that was weird. And so I, I like, we, they were like, okay, what's the next ride? Because everyone else was good. So I'm like, Okay, here we go. And so we decided to ride the, the ride that looks like kind of like a spider. You know, it's got like all the little things on it. So it spins. And, but then in the little pod that you're in, that spins while you're spinning. So like spinning and spinning. And it's just all of the movements. And it was all like that. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. So click, sit down. And the, the, the ride starts. And we, I start spinning and you know, going all over the place and about 15 seconds in, I start having a dialogue with myself. <laughs> hey man, um, this isn't good. Uh, I'm like, no nah, man, it's okay. Brandon, stay cool. It's, it's all good. It's fine. It'll be done soon. No, it ain't. <laughs> it's not gonna be done soon enough. And so I'm like, uh, well, yeah, you might be right. And then all over myself. And again, remember, I was with my, like, the cool kids. So like, you don't know humiliation until you've had your insides on yourself, right, on the outside. So they, like, some of you are enjoying this too much. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I was, they were gracious enough to let me borrow one of their hoodies. So I, we go to the car, take off my stuff, and we put it in a bag or something, and, and like, oh, goodness, we put, put a new clothes on. So, like, I go back into the midway now. I'm 12 years old, you know, wisdom has not set in yet. It's a long way off. And so I walk in and uh, everyone else is riding rides again. So I'm like, I feel good now, you know, there ain't nothing left in there. So uh, I'll ride a ride because we were coming up upon the, the little teacup ride. 
I'm like, teacup, that's a little baby ride. It ain't no big deal, you know? Like, I'm a little teapot, short, you know? Like, I was like, no big deal. So I got in, little thing, click, and then the ride started. About 10 seconds in, I start having the same dialogue. Oh, um, hey, you know what we talked about earlier? Yeah, it's fine. Like, we're going to be okay. Uh, I don't think so. And then it happened again. Y'all, you don't know. I hate fair rides. That's what I'm trying to tell you, okay? I hate fair rides. I will not ride them ever again. Um, I've learned. The wisdom set in that day, you know, finally, after the second time. A little, little bit stubborn, a little bit dull, you know, but I eventually, hold on, get it. You know, it just takes a minute. Um, but here's, here's what I would say. And the unfortunate thing is for, for, for me and, and for some of us who don't like fair rides, there is a fair ride that none of us can escape. It's called the Tilt-A-Whirl. We can't escape it because here's the thing. Our reality is you're sitting and it's nice and it's like chilling. But at this very moment, we are spinning on an axis at a thousand miles per hour, hurtling through space at a counterclockwise uh, positioning around a big ball of fire in the universe at 67,000 miles per hour. We are on a fair ride that none of us can escape. It, it's crazy. Like motion is a paradox because we're sitting here chilling and gravity keeps us grounded, <laughs> pun intended, uh, but we are at the same time hurtling through space at a rate of 67,000 miles per hour and spinning at a rate of 1,000 miles per hour. Motion is a paradox, and that's not the only paradox we ever come across. Um, there's plenty of other ones. Think about this. The more you know a topic, the harder it is to teach the basics. There's a thing called the curse of knowledge. And if you really go deep on a subject, you start to forget that other people don't know all the starting points that you're operating from. So it can make it harder to teach the basics. Did you know that Antarctica, while it's covered in ice, is technically a desert? Did you know that? Think about that. Uh, Jesus said, the only way to find yourself is to lose yourself. A paradox. Uh, here's, here's this one. God is three persons, yet one being, the Trinity. Uh, or maybe the one that is certainly on our minds in this day uh, right now as we inch ever closer to Christmas is that Jesus was fully man, or as we like to think about him in December, fully baby, eight pounds, seven ounce baby Jesus, but he was also and is fully God. It's a paradox. It's a paradox. And if you're anything like me, when you start to think about the magnificence of God, the, the power of God, his infiniteness, his eternal uh, nature, it's hard to keep that truth tangible. Anybody else struggle with that? Like we know it here, we could say it. If anyone asks us a question about it, we might be able to give an answer and, and make the words even make sense. But to live in light of that being, that Jesus is powerful, that he's fully God and fully man, and all these different things about our faith, it's sometimes hard to keep it tangible. Now, I want to dig into scripture today, but as we do, I want to help you and help me to have that truth tangible about the mightiness of God, about the mightiness of Jesus. So if you're up for this, we're going to walk through a path and we're going to, we're going to dig in at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. That's where we're going to start. We'll go to a couple other places, but uh, we, we dug into this uh, last week and, and worked into the context, so we won't deal with that a lot today. But if you have your Bible, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 is what we're reading, and it'll be up on the screen. It says this, 
For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. So Isaiah prophesying about the coming of Jesus 700 years before Jesus was born tells us what he is going to be like tells us about the hope that we have in the Messiah coming and and saving us. And what is he going to be like? He's going to be the wonderful counselor. That's what we talked about last week. He's going to be mighty God. That's what we're talking about this week. Now, we have some options on where we go from here. What we could do is like, Jesus is mighty God, okay? We could say mighty God, mighty God, until we all believe it and see it. Or we could like, break down the Greek words or the Hebrew words for mighty and the Greek or the Hebrew word for, for God. And, and, and we could look at all of those things, which is kind of what we did last week with Wonderful Counselor, but we could like analyze it. We could come up with synonyms and metaphors and, and kind of make comparisons and talk about these things that we see so mighty and how Jesus is much more mighty than all of those things. It's a struggle sometimes for us to wrap our minds around the infinite when we are finite ourselves. And there's an author, uh, one of my favorite authors, his name is N.D. Wilson. Um, in my favorite book uh, to ever been written outside of the Bible, it's called The Notes from the Tilt-A-Whirl, which is where I get this metaphor of us being on a tilt-a-whirl. It's a great book if you like, if you like philosophy and poetry and theology and sarcasm. Uh, it's a beautiful uh, just mixture of all of those notes from the tilt-a-whirl. He describes this struggle that we have to, to understand and wrap our minds around the nature of God. This is what he says. Imagine a poem written with such enormous three-dimensional words that we had to invent a smaller word to reference each of the big ones, that we had to rewrite the whole thing in shorthand, smashing it into two dimensions just to talk about it, or don't imagine it. Look outside. Human language is our attempt at navigating God's language. It is us running between the lines of his epic, climbing on the vowels and building houses out of the consonants. See, when God decided to create, he started to paint. He started to write a story, and then he entered into it. There's this theological idea called general revelation. Revelation, not the book of revelation, but what the word means is to reveal, right? So there's this idea of general revelation. Now, to compare it, this is, the Bible, is special revelation. It is that God has revealed himself in a specific special way in his word, and so we go to it to see what he says. But in Romans chapter 1, in his special revelation, he gives us a glimpse of this other idea called general revelation. Now, this is the idea, Romans 1, Paul makes the argument that everyone who has ever existed is without excuse that they know by looking outside and seeing what has been made that God exists. That there is no one, according to Romans 1, there is no one in their heart of hearts who, who will look out into the world, into, the, into creation, and be able to come to the conclusion, honestly, intellectually, honestly, and say that there is no God. Now, they might push away the truth. They might, they might neglect the truth. But, but the idea is when you look out at creation, when you just see what has been made, you come to the conclusion that God is mighty and he's powerful and he is one to be worshiped. So general revelation. So I thought maybe we could, we could look at some things in general revelation that would show us about how mighty God is to try and make these things tangible, about how mighty Jesus is 
So um, if you're up for a little bit of a science lesson and a little bit of fun for the rest of our time, go ahead and say amen. Okay, some of, some of you aren't ready, but we're going to do it anyway, and you came. So here you go. Let's start with us, because who doesn't like to talk about themselves? Amen? Okay, people, people. Uh, think about this. Did you know that inside of you is 60,000 miles of blood vessels? 60,000 miles. That is enough blood vessels to take two trips around the earth and then have enough, um, enough travel miles to get to Australia. Two times around the earth and to Australia, 60,000 miles of blood vessels. Um, if uncoiled, the DNA in all the cells in your body would stretch 10 billion miles from here to Pluto and back. That's pretty wild. You can fact check me on Google. That's fine. Um, here, think, did you know this? Your brain can recognize a sound 10 times faster than the blink of an eye. That's pretty amazing. Think about this. If the human eye was a digital camera, it would have 576 megapixels. Your iPhone ain't got nothing on you. I know some of you guys wear glasses like me. That's fine. We'll ignore that part, but still it remains to be seen. Uh, now, kids, people, adventurous ones, don't try this at home or anywhere else for that matter. But the acid in your stomach is strong enough to dissolve razor blades. Don't try Well, Brandon, a preacher said, don't, no, that's not going to work. Don't try that at home. Um, did you know that your brain contains on average 10 billion neurons? Now walk with me here. Each of these neurons contains 25,000 connections to other neurons in your brain. Estimates have been made that your brain has the capabilities of holding 1 million times as much information as you could learn in a lifetime. That's pretty amazing, right? Look at y'all. Awesome individuals. If your brain were a computer, that computer could do 38,000 trillion operations per second. <laughs> Take that, Bill Gates, you know? <laughs> Apple, Microsoft, whatever, you know? So we could go on and on about how awesome you and I are, and I, you know, we could, we could keep going. We could, and maybe some of you want to, but we won't. Um, but even crazier is the one who created you, because when God decided to create uh, human beings, all he had to do was speak. Now, he did get his hands a little dirty and made you out of the dust, but he didn't really have to, but he wanted to. He wanted to get down and stoop down and create you. All he had to do was speak. He is powerful. He is powerful. Well, let's, let's zoom out a little bit. Um, and, and before we go, you know, make sure you look in the mirror today and say, hey, you're awesome, because you are, okay? Um, and maybe in the hallways, tell somebody else they're awesome too, because, hey, same God created all of us, okay? All right, let's, let's look at and, and look at animals and plants, shall we? Animals and plants. Uh, did you know there is an animal called a copepod that are in nearly every freshwater habitat? They're the world's fastest animal relative to their size. They are able to jump at a rate of about half a meter per second, and they are only one millimeter long. If we had the same strength as they do, we'd be able to jump about a half a mile in one second flat in water. That's pretty cool, right? NFL, here I come, you know? Uh, but I can't. Anyway, uh, honey, honeybees. I don't know if you knew this. Maybe some of you did. Honeybees are tiny math nerds. They know that the world is round, and they are able to calculate angles. Look at them. Look at them go, honeybees. 
Um, did you know that house flies hum in the key of F? Not even they are tone deaf. I mean, <laughs> some of us are. Uh, they, they are able to hum in the key of F. The earth has more than 80,000 species of edible plants. 80,000 species of edible plants. And did you know that 70,000 plant species on this earth are utilized for medicine? It's pretty remarkable. On average, there are... No, okay, hold on. Before I tell you this. For those of you who have land or you like to go on walks in the grass, I'm sorry for what I'm about to share with you, okay? Because it's ruined everything. Um, But it's winter, so amen to that. Uh, And you'll amen to that here in a second. On average, there are 50 thousand spiders per acre in green areas. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's terrible. Terrible. Uh, And and lastly, and I really don't like these things, but uh, fleas, they're pretty amazing. Fleas can jump up to 200 times their height. That would be the equivalent of one of you jumping the Empire, Empire State Building in New York. Wild, right? Pretty cool. Let's zoom out a bit, though. Let's zoom out a bit. Did you know the Earth? Let's look at the Earth, our home habitat. Um, Astronomer Dr. Hugh Ross calculated the possibility that the 322 known parameters required to support life on a planet would be in place. So he, there are 322 uh, parameters that are required in the universe in order for a planet to sustain life as the Earth does. In order to sustain uh, our lives... There are 322 parameters, and he calculated the probability that that would all occur in one place. Here's here's his calculation. The chance for that to happen is one, less than one in 10 to the 282nd power. Now, math nerds, you understand what I just said. For every single one of us who aren't those people, I will translate that. But I do need someone to count the, the amount of times I say trillion. Anybody willing? Okay, all right. All right, so here, here's what that means. It's less than one chance in a million, trillion, 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 trillion. How many? 22, 22. Uh, that's, and a million of those, like, anyway, you and I, the fact that we exist on a place like this, the fact that we exist, we are practically a statistical improbability, you and I. But let's zoom out a little bit more. Let's look at our universe. Did you know that there are hundreds of billions more galaxies in the universe containing at least 10 billion trillion stars. Anybody remember the name of the galaxy we're in? Milky Way. We're in the Milky Way galaxy. That's just one galaxy. There are hundreds of billions more galaxies, and we're just like in a little tiny solar system. It is amazing. The universe is expanding. I don't know if you knew this, but the universe is expanding, and current estimates uh, estimate the size of our universe at 150 billion light years in diameter. Wow, Brandon, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, what's, a, what's a light year? What's a light year? That's what I come to mind. Okay, how big is a light year? A light year is 5.88 trillion miles. And our universe is 150 
billion of those. <laughs> All right, marathoners, you know, <laughs> good luck. According to astronomers, approximately 275 million new, star, new stars are born every single day. It's a boy. <laughs> it's a girl. Yay, 275 million new stars are born every single day. And yet here we are. You and I, here we are, sitting, listening to this hearing about how awesome we are, about how amazing God created us, and none of us did anything about it. We just kind of, here we are. That, that our brains are capable of so much, our eyes are capable of so much, our brains, our, our, our bodies are so intricately and wonderfully and beautifully made by the hand of God. And then thinking about, okay, the, the fact that we're a statistical improbability on this earth, that there's so many things on this earth that are amazing and we didn't even have a part to play in it, that God just spoke and the earth is amazing, yet when you start to zoom out and think about the vastness of the universe, and then you think about the fact that God stands outside of all of that, holding it all together in his hands. Friends, we are very, very small. And yet, we worship a God who is so mighty and so amazing and yet, he cared about you and me. We are not even a speck of dust in the vast universe of which we exist in. And yet, he looks at each and every one of you, knows each and every one of you better than you know yourself, knows every thought you've ever thought, knows every feeling you've ever felt, knows everything about you, and said, I want them in my presence. And that is why we celebrate Advent. That is why we celebrate Christmas is because Jesus came down to rescue us. And yet he is mighty God. He is mighty God. Colossians chapter one, verse 15 through 17 says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him. And for him, he is before all things, and by him, all things hold together. And so here he is. A baby who didn't even get space in the inn, so little, and yet infinite. So small, yet eternal. So fragile, yet infinitely powerful. Decided to come down to be your savior. In the story that he's writing, he decided that you were worthy to rescue. Indy Wilson can say it better than me. He says this, he exists on two planes. He sees the story as he tells it while he weaves it, shapes it, and sings it. And he steps inside it. The shadow exists in the painting. The dark corners of grief and trial and wickedness all exist so that he might step inside them so we could see how low he can stoop. In this story, the author became flesh and wandered the stage with Hamlet, offering his own life. In this story, the author heaped all that he loathed, all that displeased him, all the wrongness of the world onto himself. So friends, what is our response to a God like that? 
our response has to be to Jesus, mighty God. It must be to join the chorus of creation and give him praise. To join in the chorus of creation and give him praise. Friends, what if I told you that right now there is a song being sang in all of our universe that every being that has been created sings out to the Lord? Even the rocks will cry out in his name if we don't. What if we could make that a little bit tangible? Psalm 148 is one of my favorite psalms in all of the scriptures. I love this. Write it down. Take some notes. Text it to yourself. Text it to your friends. Psalm 148. Write it down and read it all together later. Psalm 148 verse 1 says this. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him. Praise him. Wouldn't it be cool if... If, if, it, if it is true that all of creation is singing a song in worship to God, wouldn't it be cool if we could kind of hear a little bit of what God might be hearing? Wouldn't that be cool? I, I think I, I need some a little bit more enthusiasm. Uh, okay. Yes. Okay. Well, Mike is going to come up, and we decided to try a little something with you because we want to make this tangible, like I said. So... Psalm 148 says that all these things are praising. Well, I want to tell you that stars don't just shine in the sky. They sing to God. There's a star named Vela Pulsar. He's a highly magnetized neutron star a thousand light years away from us. It exploded into a supernova, collapsed back onto itself as a magnetic entity, and it is oscillating on its axis 11 times a, a second. And now it shoots a radio frequency out of itself. And when they, it, they aim the radio telescopes at Vela Pulsar, this is what they hear. little drummer, you know. The stars don't just shine in, this, in the sky. They sing to the mighty God. Isn't that crazy? Almost like it decided that it would be on the drum line in the band in the chorus of creation. Let me tell you about another one. This one's called 47 Tuck. It's a cluster of stars. And what they did was they recorded 16 pulsars in 47 in 47 Tuck, and they are making this sound right now. <laughs> Said, all right, Villa Pulsar, you've got the drum line, I've got the string section. Kind of creepy though, isn't it? Isn't it kind of creepy? A little bit creepy, but really, really amazing. Now, uh, there, is, there are some, uh, some, some animals in the ocean that they love to sing. Uh, anybody know what I'm referring to? Whales. Let's hear what the whales are singing to God. Maybe they could try out for pentatonics. It's pretty amazing, right? Psalm 148, verses 1 through 2 say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly armies. Can you imagine what it would be like to hear the entire chorus of creation sing its praise and worship to God? Can you imagine that? Like, all that's all we can do is imagine it. 
But I'm just thinking, what if we could get a little bit of a glimpse of what that might be like to God? So Mike and I were thinking of trying something, and so we're going to do that live here in-house. We were inspired by a pastor named Louis Giglio who did this. So you might have seen this on YouTube, but we're going to do this right here in-house. So DJ Mikey J, that's how he's known now as the clean-shaven version. Um, DJ Mikey J, hit it, bro. So this first one you're going to hear is uh, a star named PSRBO329-54. His parents didn't like him, didn't give him a good name. Um, but we need him for what we're about to do. It's kind of setting the beat. Setting the pace. Okay. Uh, you can bob your head. That's good. All right, let's bring in Vela Pulsar. We had to slow him down a little bit for this to work. But we'll bring him in, Vela Pulsar. Doing a little drum action. Anybody watch Drumline back in the day? Fun. You know, I don't know what that is, but they did it, you know. Let's bring in 47 Tuck and his 16 friends. Those stars got the percussion, we gotta get the strings going. Psalm 148, verse 3. You're like, why, why are we doing this, Brandon? Well, here's why. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. God says, praise him, they listen. They listen. All right, let's bring the whales in. Let's bring the whales in. Verse seven. Praise the Lord from the earth, all sea monsters and ocean depths. They sound pretty good, don't they? They sound pretty good. Like, we could listen to that on Spotify. Maybe to go to sleep or something. Especially if we wanted the nightmare, you know? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Here's the thing, y'all. Everything else in creation, even the suns and the, the moons and the stars, they listen when they're called to praise the Lord. Usually, you and I are the stubborn ones in giving him praise. But it says to praise the Lord. That's what we're called to do. Some of us, when we are singing in church, we stand there like, we need to sing out and praise to God. Because this is what the word of God says in Psalm 148, verses 11 through 13. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, young men as well as young women, old and young together, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty covers heaven and earth. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.